You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. This is episode 9 of our series, Resisting the Devil. Let's go back to our text scripture, James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In scripture, the most complete account of resisting the devil is found in the temptation of Jesus. The temptation of Jesus is found in two places, Luke 4 and Matthew 4. And um, I want to read the Matthew account today. Important to know that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Let me read it. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, hold that thought. I'm going to flip over here to the book of James, chapter 1. And here in James, it describes the temptation that you and I face, okay? Um, It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he's uh, been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Now we are tempted by lust. Our lust draws us away. Draws us away from what? From the Word of God and from our fellowship with God. Lust pulls you away from that. Lust is designed to pull you away. What is lust? It is an out-of-control desire. Satan has to tempt you through your desires. I've never been tempted to rob a bank, so I I don't have to resist that when I walk into a bank. I never have to quote Scripture, Thou shalt not steal. You'll never see me doing that. Uh, Obviously, some people do have a temptation with that. That's not one of my temptations. I don't get tempted maybe in the same way that you do. You may battle temptations that I'll never know. So lust is a desire that is in our flesh, and we all have different kinds of desires. Some are similar, some are not. And so Satan uses that desire, and to the point that he will pull it out of bounds where it is uncontrolled. Desires are good as long as they're controlled. When they are not controlled, when they're out of bounds, that's when they become sinful. Now here's what's interesting. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, not by his flesh and not by lust. Why is this? It is because Jesus did not have sinful flesh. He was born of a virgin. The sin and death that passed from Adam to his children did not pass on Jesus. He was freed from death, freed from the stain of sin. I've said this many times and people look at me as if I can't believe you said that. Where do you get this? Well, I'm going to tell you again. Had he not gone to the cross, Jesus would never have died physically. He was totally freed from death because death had not passed on him. So for this reason, he had to be led by the Spirit into a place of weakness, not his own flesh. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, What's going on here? Hebrews 4.15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus had to be tempted in all points like we are, and yet he was sinless in the whole affair. He knew how to resist. 
Here is how he was tempted. 1 John 2.16, John summarizes the three categories of temptation. In fact, every temptation that you will ever experience, I'll ever experience, anybody will ever experience, falls in one of these three uh, categories. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world. And notice what John said, all that is in the world. There is no other kind of temptation other than these three. The lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. So Jesus was tempted in all three. And now let's read it. Chapter 4 of Matthew, verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now there's a place in fasting for a long period of time where you actually do not become super hungry, but afterward you really begin to come, become hungry because now your body is beginning to consume itself uh, in order to sustain itself. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. So Jesus is tempted to turn rocks into bread. If he was tempted to do it, it means that he could have done it. And it was something that could have happened. If, if he couldn't, didn't have the power to do that, there's no temptation. So he had the power to turn those rocks into bread. He didn't do it. I've been in places in Israel where those big old brown stones are, and they look just like loaves of bread, and it'll make you hungry just to walk among them, even if you just ate dinner. Uh, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he is tempted with the strongest possible desire of the flesh, the hunger of the human body after a long period of fasting. It's the strongest lust of the flesh that there can be. And if he had eaten solid food, it would have killed him. So Satan was trying to lure him to death because even in his perfect body um, and sinless body, uh, it would not have been good to have eaten solid food. All right, let's keep reading. Chapter 4 and verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said again, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And in an earlier episode I said that's not the whole of the verse, and it isn't. Uh, but it was enough to deal with Satan here. And Jesus was not legalistic about quoting partial pieces of Scripture. He did it here and used it to great effect. So what temptation is this? This is the pride of life. And um, that's uh, what we see here. The devil was tempting him to prove that he was Messiah. This would be a shortcut. And imagine the thinking. You jump off the pinnacle of the temple, and in fact, everybody is looking at you. They see you up there, and you jump down, and before you hit the ground, the angels catch you. What a great way to demonstrate that you are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. That's what Satan was trying to do. He was trying to tempt Jesus into taking a place that uh, to prove who he was, and it was an appeal to his pride. 
And uh, Jesus did not allow that to happen. He resisted that. And he answered that by saying, uh, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. He knew it wouldn't have worked, that he would have been violating the very thing that he and the Father had inspired others to write, uh, that you don't put yourself in harm's way to demand a bailout from God. That's called tempting the Lord. And so uh, Jesus did not do that. And then we come to the third temptation, which is the lust of the eyes. So let me take it to you in verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So this temptation is the lust of the eyes. Jesus is seeing something with his eyes, and it's glorious, it's spectacular. Again, it's an appeal to not have to go to the cross. It's an appeal to, you came here to win the world, here it is. I'm going to give it to you. And it would have been a great compromise. It would not have worked, so Satan was trying to. Uh, uh, lead Jesus into sin through the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and then the lust of the eyes. 1 John 2.16, those are the three categories of temptation. All temptation falls in one of those three categories. Now, here's how Jesus answered this, and he did it in every instance. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God. The Greek there is rhema, which means spoken word. It's not the word logos, which has to do with the whole of the word of God. But when the word of God is spoken as a weapon against Satan, it becomes the rhema of God. Rhema is Greek for spoken word. It is the two-edged sword of Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. How is it that this sword has two edges? It gets one edge when God speaks it, but we turn it into a two-edged sword when we repeat it. So the two edges uh, have to do with both God speaking and us speaking. That's when the Word becomes the sword. Years ago, it was very popular to have Bible covers, and a lot of people would have Bible covers with an emblem of a sword on the front. I did that. We did that all over our church. People had swords on their Bible co uh, covers, and people would hold it up and say, do you have your sword with you tonight? Well, this is the logos. It's not the sword. It's not the rhema. The rhema is here in the mouth. So the word is not the sword until we speak it. That's when it becomes the sword, and that's how Satan was resisted and rebuked by Jesus. He resisted the devil as an example for us. Now, in all the Old Testament, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, all the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, none of them resisted the devil the way that we see Jesus doing it here. So this is a pattern for us. It's a New Testament pattern because there's a new day and we are going to have authority over the devil by virtue of our being born again and seated in the heavenly places in Christ. So he shows us by example how to resist Satan. So in order to be confident in speaking the Word of God, you've got to be obedient to the Word of God, and that's what we see in Christ. He's very confident here because he's obeying the Word. You can't speak it with confidence if you've not been obedient to it. But even if you slip, God is merciful to help you to resist the devil. This is all the time I have on this particular teaching, but we will be back here tomorrow to wrap up this week's sequence. I'll see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? 
And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.